how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Fencing rugby and martial arts led Nick Powell down a path to stunt work. Over time, he found himself working as an actor and stuntman on films like Braveheart, Goldeneye, The Mummy, The Born Identity, Gladiator, and The Last Samurai. Thanks to his work helping other first-time directors, he eventually came to direct the new film Primal. Starring Nicolas Cage, the movie follows a big game hunter and trapper who captures a rare white jaguar but ends up on a ship with a political assassin. In this interview, Powell discusses working with Matt Damon on Bourne, why proper fight editing creates authenticity, how he trained Tom Cruise for seven months on The Last Samurai, why well-choreographed fights can be shot from every angle, and how they shot the extensive fights for Ridley Scott's Gladiator. If you enjoyed this interview, join thousands of viewers for the new video essay series called Creative Principles on YouTube. Initially, I trained as an actor in London. Um, at 18 years old, I moved to London from the north of the north of England, and uh, trained at drama school in London and went into acting. Um, after a couple of years of acting, I, I met a friend of mine who was training to be a stuntman, and uh, I'd done a lot of physical sort of activities throughout my sort of childhood and younger life, and martial arts and fencing and. Uh, Lots of rugby and football and everything. Soccer, sorry, because <laughs> football is different. But um, I'd done I'd done a lot of that kind of stuff, and this guy was training to be a stuntman, and uh, I thought that sounded like fun, you know. It's so what do I have to do? And oh well, you know, you've got a choice of all these qualifications to go and get: martial arts, um, horse riding, high diving, parachuting, rally driving, you know. And, and it was it was a fun couple of years where I went off and got all these qualifications together, qualified as a stuntman in the UK. And then for a few years, basically did a little acting, did a little stunt work, did a little acting, little stunt work. And uh, eventually the stunt work started to sort of claim more of my time. And um, then, uh, then I was offered Braveheart doing all the fights and putting the battle sequences together on Braveheart in turn, all, all the actual sword work and everything. And, um, and that kind of pushed the whole thing to more towards the action side than the than the acting side, and um, that's when I went pretty much full time into the stunt side. And from there, I was doing a lot of television work in the UK, along with features, you know, Gladiator, Born Identity, Samurai, Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, that kind of thing. And at the same time, doing a lot of television between the features. And I was getting told by a lot of the producers, you know, they'd, I'd get a lot of phone calls saying, Nick, we've got another first-time director. Can you come and uh, help out? And I'd turn up and go through the thing with the, you know, having the experience that I'd had. 
and directing some of the action already and everything else. And uh, so it, it led to more and more involvement on the directing side, mostly from an acting, um, action point of view. And then, um, you know, eventually I would be told, hey, you should direct this episode. Do you want to come in and direct an episode of this television show? And no, you know, I'm, it's not the kind of thing I'm interested in. I'd rather I, I was getting offered episodic TV work and things. And at that point, I didn't really want to do it. I was more interested in sort of doing, well, to be frank, more more interesting um, work as a director. So I held off on that directing side. And then probably around 10 years ago, I started to get offered, you know, a feature here, a feature there. And, and for a while, none of them ever happened. I had so much bad luck. Um, you know, finances fell through. Um, you know, the, the producers pulled out or actors pulled out or just because it was taking too long, things like that. Um, and it, it kind of moved that way. And, and now I'm sort of basically, you know, trying to, to get the directing side more, but uh, I still really enjoy the action directing as well. So it's, uh, it's nice to have both strings to the bow. What do you notice about, like, let's, let's say The Born Identity, for example. It seems like movies like that where the actors are heavily involved and you actually see the hits, like Born, John Wick does the same thing, all the old Jackie Chan movies versus, like, Taken where they purposely cut away. So, you know, so, or, or any of the Marvel movies, too, they purposely cut to avoid the actual hits. How do you make an action scene look more realistic, basically, is my overall question. Well, this is, I mean, I remember reading a, an interview that Matt did after we did Bourne, and because I choreographed all the fights, I directed the fights on Bourne, I, so I had a lot of involvement on, on all, I, in fact, I went in and edited the fights as well on that, on that movie, um, and so I had a lot of input on that one, and I remember Matt reading an interview with Matt afterwards saying, you know, most movies you do, and you have the stunt coordinators sort of telling you, stand back, I'm, you know, and you're so far away and you're throwing a punch and it's nowhere near the guy. And and Nick basically made me rehearse for such a long time that I could throw the punches and stop them on the mark. You know, I, I mean, we rehearsed for probably six weeks before the fight. And it was it was two hours every day. And Matt could do those moves. And the same with something like Tom Cruise in Last Samurai. I mean, Tom trained for seven months with me before we started filming Last Samurai. I mean, seriously, there was a three-month period where it was just myself and Tom off and on a week here, a week there, and, you know, a week off. And, and then we had four months of full-time prep on Last Samurai so that Tom could really get into the, the shape of it and choreograph all the fights and everything. And uh, I try to sort of make it – I go through everything so much that the choreography works whether you film it over here or over there, most of the time, you, you know, you, you have to change the punch a little or the kick a little to make it work on certain angles, of course. But if you if you choreograph it well enough, you can shoot it from almost anywhere. And if the, if the actors are competent enough, you can shoot a good, well-choreographed fight from almost anywhere and make it work. That was my aim when I was just doing the fight stuff was... Um, I remember Ridley Scott on Gladiator coming in when I'd been out in Morocco for a week or so doing the, the big Gladiator sequence where Russell Crowe was chained to Jaiman Hansu. And and, um, and he came in and he said, OK, show me the fight. And I'd already rehearsed it for a week with everybody there, except not, not the lead actors, but uh, all the stunt guys, everything else in their doubles. And... You know, Ridley said, okay, show me the fight. And I said, well, do you want to sit up on top and watch the whole? He said, no, no, I, I normally hear. And then you put the background. I said, no, no, you can see this whole thing as though it's one theater fight. Everybody knows exactly where they've got to be at exactly which point. There's 15, 16 people in here. 
but I've choreographed it to the point where the people in the background's fight ends four beats before Russell does this thrust. So you can see those guys. And he just stood up there and he went, I've never seen this before. It's, uh, you know, because everything was choreographed. Normally you choreograph the lead fight and then you build backgrounds in because that's not part of it. But that, that allowed Ridley to put the cameras anywhere he wanted. And he could basically shoot anything he wanted at any point and everything looked real. So what works about Primal? You mentioned some things that didn't work in the past. This is kind of your directorial debut. What kind of worked? How did this all fall into place for you? Um, Primal came to me. I, I was sent a script. I was talking to a producer about another project, and um, that one seemed to be very difficult to get made. And he sent me this. He said, look, I'll send you one of my projects. He sent me the, the script. I looked at it and said, yeah, I like the script. It's, uh, it's a bit long and everything else needs a bit of timing changes and things, but it's really good in terms of dramatically interesting and uh, it's fun. And then he said, okay, well, here's a list of actors that we can get this, this um, project made with if you're interested. And I looked at them, and I was already thinking after reading the script that Nick Cage would be perfect for Frank. It just seemed like a role that Nick was built for. And uh, having worked with Nick before and sort of remained friends, we'd talked about doing something else in the future. And uh, so I got in touch with Nick. He was on the list of actors that they thought they could get the movie made with. And uh, I sent it to Nick, and within three days, Nick was on board. It was uh, He read the script, loved it, and... Uh, and Nick was on board, and because Nick's on board, you know, there's a certain sort of um, um, sales agents and everything else that you can go to, and, and basically the movie, it took a while. I mean, it actually took probably six or seven months longer than we thought it was going to take because we were shooting Puerto Rico, there were hurricanes, there was hitches here and hitches there, and Nick broke his ankle in a, on a movie in Bulgaria, and uh, so, you know, it, but it all came together eventually, and, and that's kind of how it came together. Is there any, now that you finished the film, you've got a lot of experience from the stunt side. You've, you've got kind of a unique perspective where you've had the chance to work so close with so many directors over the years. But is there any, once you're in the driver's seat, is there any advice you wish you had or any advice you'd pass on to someone else possibly making their first film? Not really. And there's nothing specific that I can think of that comes to mind, just like as a general sort of, ma you know, magical piece of wisdom. I mean, it's it's difficult because there's always... The, I mean, one of the things that uh, someone told me a while back was directing is basically, you know, controlling chaos. Everybody's trying to do... There's so many people involved in a movie and, you know, you, you're, you're just basically putting out fires all the time. What you're doing is, you know, the first AD will come to you. We've got a problem here. This is a problem. You're, okay, how do we get around this? And then, you know, a production designer will come to you. You, you, you sort of... You manage, you're managing chaos. Um, and I know some directors that I've worked with who love the idea of creativity coming from chaos. I'm more of a, I like the idea of everything being planned well and order and everything, you know, and, and, and I think creativity can come from both chaos or order. But I do, I do think that it's one of those things where sometimes you have to, and I know I'm, I'm sort of also, you know, um, guilty of it at the same time where you, you sort of sometimes as a director having done what I've done and come from a background that I've come from you can you can be a little guilty of taking too much control and taking too much responsibility in which case sometimes you know you're not really doing just your job and focusing on your job you can sometimes be sort of trying to do everything else for everyone else um, having had the 30 odd years of experience I've had in the film industry 
you know, you and, and sometimes you've got to step away and say, no, I can't, I can't take on that responsibility as well as this, as well as that, and um, you know, and, and focus on what you need to do because you need to make a good movie. At the end of the day, everybody's relying on you as a director to to come up with something that people want to watch, and that they don't have to go back and spend, you know, a week or two, three, four. I mean, on some movies I've seen three or four weeks of reshooting just to make the movie, you know, palatable for an audience. Do you have any advice for maybe directors or stunt coordinators to help them like kind of fight for more time? It seemed like if you had more time to work with the actors, more time to film the fights, they would honestly just look more real and a little bit better for the longevity of the film. Do you have any advice or how they might could get more time on those action scenes? It's very difficult because the thing is there are certain, I mean, the schedule for my movie, the one I've just directed, was 25 days to film the whole movie. Initially, I'd asked for 35, and I was given 25 because that's all the budget could sustain. And so, you know, you know that you've got to finish your day every day, and you can't go over because, you know, you're running into problems where then they may end up reducing another day out of your budget. And so knowing you only have that much time, you have to the, – the way to try to get a, a fight looking really good on a tight budget is – the preparation. That's the cheapest part of, of movie making is the preparation where you've got a few stunt guys in a room and you choreograph and you choreograph and then you bring your actors in and, and you sort of make them get to the point where it's second nature. They don't have to think about it. And then they can put the acting on top of the, of the movement that they're doing. Uh, a lot of the time what happens is you're trying to choreograph some, not on the big budget movies because obviously they have, they have a lot of time, but on something like this, when you don't have the actors you know, for, for weeks before you start shooting, you, you're trying to fit in a rehearsal just before you start actually filming the thing. And so sometimes the actors are, are trying to remember moves and it doesn't look as natural as, you know, once you've got to the point where everything is second nature. Um, you know, you, if you've got the actor to the point where basically he can do the whole fight blindfolded, not, not worry and not miss a beat, then he can stop thinking about the fight itself and think about what he's supposed to be thinking as a character within that fight. So it's all in the preparation side because it doesn't matter what you say if you're doing a TV show which is on a tight budget or a little independent movie, again, on a tight budget. If you ask for, you know, I need four weeks to rehearse this fight and choreograph and everything else and pre-visit and, and then get the actor in. And, sorry, you've got four days. And it's happened to me a number of times, and then you have to just basically sort of figure out what's the best, you know, how do you spend best spend the time that you have and um, and utilize that to the best of the movie's advantage and, and uh, whether, you know, the actor really needs to spend all the time doing it because they're not that well coordinated and you need to make them look fantastic or whether, you know, it needs more time in choreography and, and then thinking about which angles to shoot it because maybe... If there are problems and some actors are much better at action than others, um, then you know you can sort of figure out how to make that work with the with the preparation time. When you know that that punch will never work with that actor throwing it the way they are, how do you film it to make them look much better than they probably would look if you got the wrong angle? It's preparation. Thank you for tuning into this show. If this is your first time listening. Please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.